going to listen to this? Well, we're not for everybody. Hello, everybody. I'm Andrew Ferrara. And I'm Olivia Searcy. And we're not, not for, for everybody. everybody. Yeah, we still aren't, but we got another five-star review. Oh, we did? Yeah, from oh, yeah. a mysterious, anonymous person. Hmm. We got a secret admirer. That's awesome. Now, I know we haven't uh, been on the air in a little while, as they say. Um... Well, we got into a fight. It happened. It happened. Sometimes we're not for everybody. Sometimes you're not for me. Sometimes I'm not for you. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yes, we definitely got into a fight and while recording our last episode. Yeah, so if you can figure out the spot where we cut because of the fight, we're going to give you a special gift of some of our merch from Stand Up. Yes, first person to point it out. Yep, so if you first person to leave a five-star review and mention where the cut is. We were also considering making a Patreon of just the clips of us fighting. So if you think that would be something you want to pay for, <laughs> let us know. Because yeah, there's, there's actually a good bit. <laughs> But that's what best friends are for. Yeah. We find we can the laugh flaws, about it. right? We can laugh about it. It's fine. Yeah. We'll laugh about it later. Yeah, it was what? so hilarious how mean you were to me. Yeah, and how we're terrible fine. of a friend I am. No, you're not. <sighs> anyway. <fine>. But <laughs> <laughs> we've also been off the air for a little bit because we've talked about how we haven't had jobs in so long. And that's why we even did the podcast. And looky here, who got a job? Me. Olivia. Literally, I've been applying for jobs for a month and a half. And Olivia applied for a job for one week, and she got a job. Also, I didn't know full-time is 50 hours plus now. It's not. I know. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I can't believe they're doing that. We'll get, we'll get into that later. It's yeah. still a job, and you're going to make a good first paycheck. I already got it. Yeah, it is good. You got it? Oh, good. Direct deposit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So because uh, I got a job recently, we decided this next episode should be about, you know, shitty jobs we had or just weird, shitty things that happened at the jobs we had. Yeah. We have some very odd job stories, so... So, my first job was at Bruno's Grocery Store in Gulf Breeze, Florida. Were you a bad girl? I thought you said a bad girl. No, I was a... Yes, I won't. She was Um, a bad girl. Doing things in my car on my break. You have no idea. No, not at all. But, yeah, I was a cashier in Bagger. I did, you know, all all of it. Nice. And I just remember really hating that job. It was like... I remember my friend, this is a great way to start it off. I remember my friend in high school passed away, and they wouldn't let me ask off for her funeral. I'm what like, the fuck? I'm like, what the fuck? I'm was four, it summer? I'm four, no, it was not. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Different I, I, dead I feel girl. like not mentioning who it is. But, Different uh, dead friend, sorry. It's okay. Alright. <laughs> so, yeah, I was 14 years old, and they wouldn't let me ask off for her funeral, and I'm like, what the fuck? And finally, after begging, like, these older people I work with, they like, Someone finally took my shift, but I just thought, I always thought it was really fucked up. They wouldn't let me, like, even offer a few hours to go to her funeral. A 14-year-old girl's yeah. friend? Uh, yeah. I need to speak with Mr. Bruno Well, that's why they're not this. there anymore. Yeah. So. <laughs> I hope. Is that why they disappeared? Did your family get involved? No. Okay. <laughs> but I remember one time, 
I went to the bathroom on my break, the bathroom in the back of Bruno's, and I just remember I was, like, taking my time, I was, like, looking at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, oh, it smells kind of funky in here. And I remember going and looking in the handicapped bathroom, and for a second, I thought the walls were moving. Like, I thought I was tripping out. What? But as it turns out, someone had explosive diarrhea. <laughs> all over the walls. It was everywhere. Where It was, like, dripping. And I thought I was tripping out. I was like, what's going on with the walls? And I'm like, oh, my God. It's shit. And then... My poor friend Christian, you know him, Christian Metzger, uh-huh. he worked there as the janitor <laughs> oh, at no. that time, and he had to go mop it up, and I just remember he just he threw up three different times trying to clean it oh. up, and he was also 14. I'm like, how dare y'all? Y'all are treating these 14-year-olds like shit. Oh, my literally. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, oh. yeah, now Christian's a doctor. So I guess, you know, he got, you know, all that vomit and shit. He had, you know. Yeah. <laughs> all those bodily fluids. He needed to get used to all of that to be a doctor. He still clean out. them up today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor guy. I've had to clean up shit, and I, I feel his pain. <laughs> so after Bruno's, Bruno's was in a strip mall. And after that, yeah, I left that place because I was like, fuck them. They're awful. I went to go work at Santino's. It was just a few stores down. Yes, I worked there. The same strip mall. I think everybody Yeah, like literally all of our friends worked there. (laughs) Anybody who was at Santino's. And so much of like Andrew's family worked there too. Yeah. (laughs) So... Yeah, I just remember people from Bruno's would come in on break and be like, oh, I see you've left us for Santino's, I see. Just <laughs> just like that. All right, so I mentioned how someone at Bruno's had explosive diarrhea. We ended up having someone at Santino's that was leaving, like, a trail of poop, like, out the door. And then I, my friends that worked at Subway said that that same person must have been going there. So what I'm trying to say is someone with a very serious case of IBS is walking around Gulf Breeze shitting in everyone's stores. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember that person? Was that on purpose? No, I don't think so. I mean, I remember there was like a phantom shitter in high school. Like, in the what? art department, someone kept pooping. I was always in the art department. I yeah. do not remember that. Someone kept pooping in the, um the what is it, the photo, the black room, the, the dark room. Someone kept pooping in the dark room. How do I not know that? Oh, my gosh. Maybe it was... I took art classes the entire time I was there. Maybe it was my sophomore year and you would have been... You wouldn't have been in high school yet or something. That might have been it. But, oh, my gosh. That was... Someone's pooping all over the place, is all we know. So, my last little bit about Santino's is... You know, that job was fine because, like, I got to... I was, like... I worked there for, like, three years and all my friends worked there... My first boyfriend that I had, he was working there, too. And it was really awkward when we got in fights, like, crying at work over that. I know, <laughs> I know, like, Tommy, when he was a manager there, your brother, was just like, you guys, get the fuck over it. <laughs> um, so, Andrew actually had a lot of family that worked there. Mm-hmm. And I won't say who the situation, you know, I won't say their name, <laughs> the situation. But I remember one time, me and one of Andrew's family members, we went out and... Uh, we went to go smoke weed behind a dumpster <laughs> behind Santino's, and we put these dirty white shirts that were like, I don't know where they came from. We put them over our work shirts. <laughs> dumpster so shirts? So that no one would see the Santino's logo. And as like me and one of your family members was crouched <laughs> down behind a dumpster, the lady that worked at Hallmark, she opened the back door to her store to take the trash out. 
And she didn't even, like, take her hand off the doorknob. She just stared at us and then, like, walked back inside with the trash. And we <laughs> ran inside. And the guy that was working with us that day, who was our team leader, he flushed all of his weed down the toilet because it was his weed that we were smoking. <laughs> and then literally... A few minutes after that, the cops showed up. Like, there was three cops by the dumpster. And I just remember I very... They told me I had to go check on it. So I very casually, with, you know, back in my work clothes, I went to take the trash out to investigate. But yeah, they never found out it was us. So... Well, <laughs> I was about to say, what an idiot flushing his weed down the toilet, but then you know, said the cops came. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, maybe he was smart. But then he didn't mm-hmm. get caught. So I was like, he was an idiot. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. All right, so that's my first two jobs. I'm going to let you well, see one yours. My first job was at the well-known, infamous Breeze Cinema 8, also known as one of the worst movie theaters to ever be constructed. Actually, I just think it's like the worst ownership ever because they never fixed anything ever. We had an arcade machine that literally would just take people's tokens and people would come up to us and be like, it took my tokens. And we're like, yeah, we know. Here's two quarters. And we just kept giving people quarters. We just lost money off of this arcade. I don't understand why we had it. There was just this exposed pipe that was right above the butter machine and it kept dripping water on people. And I told him... So many times. I told the owner we had to do something about it. And to this day, that pipe is still exposed. Yeah. And I was like, I am so happy I left that fucking place. Every chair was basically broken. You've been to the breeze. Oh, like, yeah. every chair was broken. And we didn't do anything about it. And then I would always report it. And he, one day, the owner decided, oh, we're going to get new chairs. I'm like, awesome. He's like, yeah, the sample chairs are coming in. And so we had these two sample chairs, and they were amazing. They were like reclining leather seats. They never replaced any of the chairs, and now they just have those sample chairs in the hallway for people to sit in. <laughs> okay. It's like, that makes sense. It's a terrible theater. It really is. I remember when I went there to see uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose when it came out. And I just remember, I guess it was leaking so bad in the movie theater to where the screen just turned white. Lights came on. I just remember being like, what's happening? It was like right at a really like important part of the film, too. It was like really scary. And then the screen just turned white, and I thought it was part of the movie. This is really artistic. (laughs) They did give us a refund, so good on them. That very well may be because the Breeze Cinema is haunted for real. And I have proof that I will show you one day. But don't have it with me now. I cannot wait to see what that proof is. <laughs> what the fuck? So, when we had the Resident Evil 2 premiere, we had this contest to win posters, and we took pictures of all the contest winners. And the person who won the t-shirt and the poster, they're holding their prizes up, but behind them in the picture is 100% legitimate little girl ghost like you can see the face and hair of this little girl (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's terrifying and no one would believe me when i told them about it when they first started working and then i showed them the picture and they would like 
get goosebumps and like go white and be like, oh my god, I've never seen a ghost before. <laughs> but the breeze of it, we decided we named the ghost breezy. Most of Gulf Breeze is really just built on Native American burial grounds, so it really is likely. But more strange things happen than just that picture that I witnessed myself. Halloween night, a man has a heart attack in Gone Girl when there's like some big stabbing sequence and a shit ton of blood. He had a heart attack. The cops come. I'm like freaking out. I don't know what to do. This was like my first night back as being a manager after getting out of a mental hospital as well. (laughs) I wasn't out. (laughs) So the cops show up and the ambulance shows up. And all of a sudden, the soda machines just start going haywire and leaking water, like flooding water. In the and the lobby's starting to flood. This man's having a heart attack. It's Halloween night. I'm freaking the fuck out. And um, eventually, the heart attack guy got taken away, and the by water God? stopped flooding. Not not oh. by God, <laughs> by the ambulance. He didn't die. He didn't die. But yeah, that place is 100% haunted, and I got a theory all of a sudden, like, one day, that I should, when I'm turning on the projection, because a lot of weird things happened up in the projection booth. We think that's where she mainly lived. <laughs> but if I didn't sing while I turned on all the projectors, weird shit would happen. So every morning, I would sing to the ghost, <laughs> just so... In hopes that nothing would haywire and I didn't have to give out free passes. And I swear to God it worked. See, maybe if you used that in all of your American Idol auditions, that story, (laughs) you might have had a chance. My singing calms the spirits of the dead. (laughs) One day, the janitor, his name was Sammy. He, oh, he's a piece of work. He's, He's this Creole man named Sammy. He's about, like, 80, and he's been a janitor his entire life. One day, Sammy asked me to come down the hallway with him and talk to him privately, and he says, Andrew, do you know what I am? Like, um, a janitor? (laughs) He goes, I'm a man of God. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, he said. But even more, I'm a preacher. I was like, Oh, I didn't know you were a preacher, Sammy. I just like, I preach the word every day. He said to me, a movie theater needs a strong leader because the devil lives in the dark and that the devil is attracted to movie theaters. (laughs) So that I needed to become a strong Christian man to be able to manage the theater properly. And uh, that's why I no longer manage it, I think, because I'm, I'm just not a strong Christian man. Not strong enough to handle the <laughs> evil that is contained inside the Breeze Cinema 8. No. Now, please be your, like, comedy bio, <laughs> not a strong Christian man. Or, like, your first comedy album. <laughs> I, I think it could be. Oh, one more story about... Before I'm done talking about the Breeze, I do have to mention this. We used to... Get really fucked up with the breeze. All of us would get stoned as hell. It's movie theater lifestyle. Honestly, any usher will tell you they were stoned or drunk or something. Well, one day we decided we were going to do cocaine. 
at the movie theater. Oh, no. I know. I shouldn't be saying that, but... Didn't you work there with, like, a lot of young kids? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's okay. We were I wasn't with anyone... (laughs) 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 They weren't teenagers. Oh, they were too. They were like 19. Okay, anyway, <laughs> it wasn't Michael Caine. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I was asked to do cocaine with them. And I was like, okay. Well, we started doing it, but they put it out on the... <laughs> they were cutting up the lines on the air hockey table. And everyone knows air hockey tables are full of little yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, what are you guys doing? It's like, what? It's like, you're wasting so much. It's like, no, look how tiles old. It's not even getting old. And it's like, I had to clean cocaine out of the fucking air hockey table because of this. There's probably one person in that group being like, shut up, Andrew. Like, the one that loves cocaine the most. He's been going there after the, the fucking stores closed and just unscrewing the bottom and getting all the rest of that cocaine. He's like, don't say anything. That's Oh, damn. Maybe that is why. Maybe that's why they never asked me to do cocaine again. <laughs> <laughs> but what was another couple jobs that you had? So after Santino's, did I even say it was a pizza place? <laughs> I don't think I did. I don't think any of us. Yeah, neither was that. We're like, yeah, Santino's. We were there. It's a furniture store. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. So Santino's that we mentioned earlier, that was a pizza place. So after me working at the pizza place, Santino's, <laughs> um, I uh, was a nanny. For three kids. Oh, my. And at the time, yeah, they were five and uh, 10 and 11. And that was one of the best jobs ever. Like, I love those kids. Like, they were basically just like my little siblings. Like, Yeah, I feel like, like they're old to enough to where it wouldn't be that difficult to, like, 10 and 11. Like, Yeah, those, those were easier. But yeah. those. <laughs> well, the, um, <laughs> the five-year-old, those probably. Yeah, they were great. Like, I taught, like... I taught them how to knit. I taught them how to play guitar. It was just yeah. so much fun. Like, You're the cool babysitter. And it was like, like how much was it? I think it was like $14 an hour, and I only had to work maybe four hours a day, like in the middle of the day. Just pick them up from school, take them to, you know, soccer, dance practice, you know, all the different after-school activities, and then bring them home, make sure they did their homework, and then their mom came home. Yeah. It was awesome. Nice. Yeah, that's great. And then sometimes I'd stay the whole weekend with them. The parents had to go out of town for work. But, um, yeah, that was all really fun. But I just remember one incident. My mom went to bring me coffee one day. And when she handed it to me, it was so hot. And I guess the lid popped off and it spilled all over my hands. Mm. And I started screaming so loud. And then my mom started screaming. And then all the kids started screaming. (laughs) And then I'm just crying because I have all these, like, burns on my hands. And it was just so crazy because, like... It's just my mom just trying to be nice and stop by and say hello and bring me a coffee. And then just escalated to me. I ended up having, like, terrible burns on my hands and, like, upsetting the kids because I freaked out too much over it. Um, how will she teach us how to play guitar or sew or knit? I'd always get in trouble for eating all their snacks. I remember the mom got mad at one of the kids uh-huh. thinking that he ate all the snacks. And I was like, that was actually me. <laughs> Hey, if you're a nanny or if you're babysitting anywhere, like, it's going to happen. Like, yeah. if they got snacks, they're going to get eaten. Reasons why I couldn't do it. This is my tip. But, um, <laughs> and then there was another time where I remember the boy, the oldest one, got home from school first. And he wanted to prank the other girls once they got home. And I'm like, all right, you know, I enjoy a nice, you know, harmless prank every once in a while. So he's like, all right, when they get home off the bus... 
He's like, let's go hide in the closet and make him think we're not home. Oh, no. And I, I'm sorry. Like, I was old enough to be babysitting, but I was also, like, 18 and fucking dumb still. <laughs> so I was like, sure, all right. I guess that's fine. And uh, the girls came home. They were looking around for us. We could hear them. We're giggling in the closet. And then I guess they ran outside with the phone, and they were on their way to the neighbor's house, and they called their mom. And then I, like, went outside, and I was like, you guys, we're just, we're just pranking you were here. And they started crying. And they're like, that was, that was messed up, Miss Olivia. And then she's like, I already called my mom and told her. And, yeah, I got in trouble for that. That sucks. Ooh, I didn't, rough. I didn't think it was going to get that bad. <laughs> it was all Casey's fault. It was his idea. <laughs> Why did you stop nannying? Um, cause I ended up going to college. I moved to oh, Tallahassee. Okay. I thought to say, was that the reason? No, 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 no. It was, <laughs> too yeah, many they pranks. got over it. Um, too many snacks, too many pranks. You're <laughs> gone, girl. And there's another thing that happened, um, towards the end of me working that job. It's when I had my dog Artemis, who was just like a sweet dog, That's but a cute she, way, she was way too, like out of control and rowdy. And Artemis hated car rides. I remember I had a bring her in the car with me in her kennel as I was going to drop her off, I think, at my parents' house. And I had to pick up the little girl, the youngest one that was five. Uh, I had to pick her up early from school. But on my way there, I took a sharp turn because I was just driving really shitty. I was really bad at driving when I was younger. And Artemis shit all in her cage. But, like, I had to go pick up the little girl still. And she's too young to sit in the front. (laughs) So she had to sit in the back. And I was like, Mary Catherine, that was her name. I'm like, just hold your nose. I'm like, it's going to be a five-minute drive. Just hold your nose the whole way drive home. And I had the window down for her. And I just felt so bad. Oh, my <laughs> she God. She had to, like, sit next to this dog covered in shit. Oh, so that. much shit in your work life. Oh, my life. God, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's not even done yet. I'm not even done. These are some shitty so, jobs. After I was a nanny, I ended up working at, oh, I ended up going to college so I didn't work for two years. As soon as I moved back, I started working at this vegan restaurant called End of the Line Cafe, which is a great place. Tasty. Yeah, yes. It was one of those, like, restaurants where everything was fresh and, like, you know, made the day of. And, like, we would make our own broth and stuff. So you're just constantly prepping food. And I just remember one time I was carrying this big pot of, like, potatoes that were boiling all day. And I went to go carry them and to drain them. They were so heavy and, like, filled with water. The water spilt out and went down my cleavage. I burnt the shit out of my tits. Oh, I remember and this time. we had this lavender syrup that we'd put in, like, these drinks, these limeades we'd make. Like a sugary syrup that was lavender flavored. And I remember always hearing that if you have burns, you can put lavender on them. <laughs> so I just ran in the bathroom and took my shirt off and just dumped all this lavender syrup on me. And it was so sticky. And I just remember the guy I was working with, he's like... <laughs> No, like that's not even real, like lavender. Like, <laughs> but it helped. <laughs> Look at my tits. You see them right now? Do you see any burn marks? Oh no. my god! If we have any like fifteen-year-old like boy listeners, they just had their first boner. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was bad. I doubt it. <laughs> Oops. Actually, if you had your first boner at fifteen, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's weird. And because we were like constantly like cooking. At this job, like, I would always have to scrub the grill every night, too. And I didn't realize that I always smell like onions and garlic and apple cider vinegar. Like, and I'd always go out and I'd get off of work and I'd wear those clothes. So you smelled delicious? No, it smelled really fucking bad. (laughs) Oh. Really, really, really fucking bad. And 
I didn't even know how bad it was until I had until I had left that place and I had friends working there. And then I would smell them when they got off of work. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, I've had one-night stands with guys when I smell like that. And now I know why it was a one-night stand <laughs> on their end. <laughs> so, yeah, some of the guys that worked there, they would hide healing crystals all around the store. Just because, I don't know, ridiculous. And... Here I am with another shitting story. I cannot believe that all of my fucking <laughs> jobs so far involve a shitting story. I promise this is the last one. But I remember one night I was working with my friend Sarah, and the two of us were closing up the cafe, and we had just clocked out. And I go to the bathroom, and I smell something, and I see all this shit all over the toilet, like behind it and everything. Just like it's just awful i'm so sorry for all these shit stories <laughs> and then i just remember walking out and be like we're not done yet like we even though we clocked out we cannot leave and so we had we like put all these gloves on and like we wrapped like plastic wrap around like our nose and mouths because like we didn't have any masks or anything it just smelled so bad and we were taking turns just going back and forth and like wiping it off the seat and throwing the uh, tissue paper in the toilet and just taking turns going back and forth we were running in and out and then i remember i tried to go and flush it and then the fucking toilet was clogged up from all the tissue paper we used. And in that moment, I remember just looking up, and I see one of those motherfucking healing crystals just sitting there on the window seal in the bathroom. (laughs) And I'm like, there is no good energy in here right now. The crystals are not working. I would look up which crystal that is, because not all crystals give good energy. Yeah, it's true. It could have been a shitting crystal. So, yeah, I promise that's the last of the shitting stories I have, but we are talking about the shitty things that have happened at work. That's fine. At our I jobs. Mean, they're very shitty. Very, They're just shittier than expected. All right, how about you? What's another job you've had and the crazy stuff that's happened? Oh, <clears throat> so I did not drive for many years because of some very bad anxiety involved with it, and... I really needed a job after the movie theater, and the only thing that was within walking distance was Roselawn Cemetery and Funeral Home. They paid me a decent amount of money to just greet people at funerals, but also to drive the hearse. And if you didn't hear earlier, I said I could not drive, but I guess they just assumed like this 29-year-old man knows how to drive. They didn't even look that... My license wasn't a license. It was just a Florida <laughs> ID. <laughs> so here I am driving the hearse, but I figured it was actually the best way for me to learn how to drive because I had police in front of me and behind me in these caravans. So, like, I was never going to get pulled over or anything. I just got, like, escorted. Like, I got the, like, prince's treatment. You're right. Why they even question it? Yeah. They're not good. It's like, oh, no, whatever. They're good. Plus, going like five miles an hour. Yeah. What am I? What damage am I going to call? Yeah. You know, you know. Plus, even though you have a dead body in your car, you feel safe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just me and and Esther in the back, just really having a wild ride. But, so yeah, and I mean, I did get comfortable with dead bodies because of that job. I mean, I think that's important because I I used to run out of funerals when you see the dead body because that freaked me out so much but now i've seen so many that dead bodies a dead bodies a dead body you can tell there's no soul left in there so you don't care it's really weird you can so see the difference anyway one of my jobs at the funeral home was also to be a pallbearer so i carried the casket and one time i totally dropped 
my side of the casket accidentally. I felt horrible. And then Bill, good old Bill, who I worked with, he was like 75. He was just like, hey, man, don't worry about it. I've done it all the time. He's <laughs> like... That does not make me feel better that you just drop people's dead bodies at their funeral. I, I still don't feel good about it just because you've done it. That's like Bill being like, hey, man, I stabbed a dude before. Yeah, it's, it's like, fine. Bill, do you have any other secrets you <laughs> want to tell us? Hey, man, half of these dead bodies are because of me. It's fine. <laughs> no. No, Bill. Actually, Bill was very interesting. I always had to drive with Bill to the crematory. Because he would drive the van, and I had to help him carry the bodies um, into the furnace. Um, anyway, God, I can't believe you know, I, I burnt was... bodies for a living. Oh, at you, some you point. burnt them too. Well, I didn't burn them. Oh, I had to bring them to be burnt and put them like on the slab where they were going to oh, get no. burnt. I was actually really worried about your mental health when you started working there, but you yeah. handled it really well. It was it was a healing process, I felt like. <laughs> actually, I felt good about it. It felt like a public service. It is. <laughs> but I remember Bill and I would always drive a crematory, and every time he'd tell me the same story. First of all, Bill looks exactly, exactly like Colonel Sanders and sounds like Colonel Sanders. But he told me every, every time he would forget, he'd always forget, he would tell me the story about how one year in the 60s, he drove all over the country on a motorcycle. <laughs> and he just would always tell me these stories of going from hotel bar to hotel bar to hotel bar. And like I just pretended like he never told it before. Like, oh, wow, Bill, this is real cool, real cool. But really it was just about swingers a bike. Bar, the swingers <laughs> bar, the swingers basically, bar, the swingers bar. Apparently he was quite the pimp. He was always talking about the ladies. Uh, he thought that impressed me. Like, I think he did not know I was gay. Anyone that says that probably wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Well... He's very charismatic. I did like Bill. I could see it. But Bill Bill and I, one day, we're taking a body to the crematory, and we open up the van to take out the body, and there is this bright green liquid, like, looks almost like it was glowing, like something from a fucking sci-fi film coming out of the back of the head, and there's just like a puddle. And I was like, what is, what is that? I'm freaking, I'm a little freaked out. And Bill's just like, oh, don't worry about it. That's just cerebral f- spinal fluid. <laughs> that is just normal. Every once in a while, if you go over a bump, you know, these bodies, they haven't been embalmed. They just, sometimes they leak. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. These yeah. people. Also, the crematory was owned by these twin brothers. And I just kind of creeped yeah, me out. I don't know creepy. why. Like, why? Why? I don't, I don't, maybe, we decide on this together. <laughs> We're twins. We're twins. Let's burn <laughs> bodies together. <laughs> yes, brother. We are both in the same body as one. We are twins. We are the same. Let's burn everyone who's not alike. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> the fact that you just held my hand while you did that made it even creepier. <laughs> don't do that. I'm sorry to feel like that's what they were doing behind the scenes. Oh, man. It was a good job. It was a good job. <laughs> you did a good job. Thank yeah. you. And I actually really enjoyed the funerals. I know that sounds horrible, but funerals are a lot more entertaining than you would think. I'm just saying. You know? I'm one of those people that always ends up laughing at funerals because, well, no, not because I think it's funny. It's just because I don't know how to handle my emotions. Like, it's like I am sad. Like, so sad to all start, like, hysterically laughing. 
to where I've had to like walk away and go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm like, people probably think I'm so evil for doing that. It's or like, just, no, it's just touched. <laughs> the girls touched is what they'd say. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> you can take it many different ways. The girls touched. It's, 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 my, my mom used to always tell me, oh, Sonny, you just have, you have the gift of tears. <laughs> like, that doesn't sound later like a gift at life, all. <laughs> later on in life, I found out that's actually a lot of people react that way. So well, That's good. It and made I, me feel a lot better. I let thought me it was tell crazy. You. You wouldn't have been able to do my job then because I was laughing. I'm not a funeral laugher. <laughs> One time, people were going up and saying a few words about Grandma Rose. And they were going up and one girl was just like, Grandma Rose and I had our disagreements, but... She was a racist. <laughs> basically is what that meant. But, but we loved her. Then another girl goes up just like... Grandma Rose had her own way of saying she loved us. She beat us. Um, and she didn't say she beat us. Okay. Um, and then the grandson comes up and just goes, all right, y'all, cut the shit. Grandma Rose was a bitch and we all know it. And that was one of my favorite moments at any funeral. I had to work a Vietnamese funeral. And they basically told me my one job was just to collect the incense and, and put it out in this cup. I didn't realize they meant, like, a cup of water. And I put all this incense into this paper cup. And I nearly burnt down the freaking funeral home. I'm, like, stomping out this tiny fire while this Vietnamese funeral is happening, which was amazing. They were chanting for an hour. And everyone knew exactly every ch- I was like, how How do they know this shit? I don't, I don't know. It was amazing. But they had this giant feast there because they bury the dead with, like, this amazing feast, like, to send along for the afterlife. And as a very hungry fat boy, I have never been more upset than watching this delicious Vietnamese food get covered shovel by shovel with dirt. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, damn it. I mean, I guess it's for their religion and the afterlife and all that, but man. That's this- the day Andrew became a <laughs> grave robber. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just digging up Vietnamese graves. Oh, my God. It's still good. I quit that job. It did not feel good waking up every morning hoping that someone died so I could make $10 an hour on a Thursday afternoon. It was just... You know, and I couldn't get mad that the schedule was scarce because my boss didn't really make the schedule. It was all on God's time, Father God. Killed some people today. (laughs) It was just not a good feeling. So I left there. Left there. Good job, though. Weird job. Good job. What about you? You got to have some... Some more jobs. Oh, baby. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like you don't already know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How do we move along? <laughs> and I'm going to act like I don't know what your next job is either. Um, so after I worked at the vegan place, end of the line, um, I moved on to the elbow room, mm-hmm. which is one of the coolest places in Pensacola. It is a Star Trek themed bar. That they have pizzas and sandwiches there. Much like Santino's. Yes, but better. 
Yeah, St. Tina's is more like a local chain, but Elbow yeah. Room is just like it's been around since like the fifties. Like it's, it's changed locations. Like it's too. just yeah, and like the nicest people in the world work there and mm-hmm. like still work there. And I really have like no complaints and like weird things that happened to Elbow Room. Really, the only thing is, is that we would work there. Like we're open late, and I would not get out until like six or seven in the morning. And just, like, mentally and physically, like, I could not handle that. So, yeah, I had a mental breakdown. And I was also coming off of Adderall around that time, too. Like, I had been taking it for years and then just stopped taking it. So, yeah, I uh, went crazy and had to go to therapy and was out of work for two months. Um, That's good. But, no, I loved Elbow Room. I'm just saying, like, I couldn't handle being (laughs) up that late. It was just too much. You know, it's a good job when it totally throws your life out of order, you know? Mm-hmm. Good. I would bartend and I would cook, but mainly I was cooking, and I think I was just done with doing that. That was the last cooking job I wanted. Yeah, I mean, I would call you at, like, 4 p.m., and you would be, like, just waking yeah. up. And I was like, damn, girl. Yeah. They, I, they got you yeah. good. And, like, if I'm, like, doing comedy and performing, like, weekly, it just was not working out for me. I would yeah. just feel drained anytime I did a show. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned how the movie theater was haunted. So the owner of Elbow Room, he always said that his mother's ghost was always at <clears throat> the Elbow Room. Oh, my God. And she would just, like, any time, like, a couple would meet because, like, their first day was the Elbow Room, he would always say, like, oh, it's my mother. Like, it was her spirit that brought them together. But I'm like, she didn't die in that building, though. So I don't know. It's cute, though. I, I get what he means. Like, her, her spirit is still alive within the store yeah, she started. Yeah, I mean, is her was her mother, like, a matchmaker in life? Like, I don't know. I never was met she her. good in love? Never met know? her. Yeah. But so, yeah, after... <laughs> Not having a job for two months after that and having to leave and going to therapy, I ended up getting a job at Miles Antique Mall. And holy shit, the vendors there, the antique vendors and the people that go there to buy antiques are some of the wildest, craziest people I've ever met. Like, people take it so, so seriously. I remember there was this one vendor, like, he had a limp leg and he lived in his van right outside the antique mall. His name was Joe. And... I'm pretty sure he was stealing stuff from other booths and then, like, taking it into his van and going and selling it at the flea market in Pensacola. (laughs) So we were told to keep an eye on him. Um, He would ask me to take pictures of the things in his booth so he could use it to, like, sell stuff online. And he would always tip me in these framed pictures of Lady Gaga. I'm like, fuck yeah, I like Lady Gaga. Sure, you see that one right there? Look, right there. Yeah. Oh my God. I know, isn't that awesome? Wait, what, the one in the kitchen too? Yeah, the one in the kitchen too. Yeah. Oh my God. And I had more, but I gave them away as gifts. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, this is awesome, but very weird, but whatever. Why did he have all of these pictures of Lady Gaga? I remember him, I remember asking him that. He's like, Lady Gaga's hot right now, so. <laughs> I, and I don't know I, where, I think he just printed them like offline. And just put them in really nice frames. What a fucking like, genius. He's yeah. a mad genius, yeah. Joe. Also, there is a local psychic in town who's very well known. And his wife and mother-in-law are vendors there. And mm. they pretty much just, like, hang out there all day long in their booth. Like, you don't have to. Like, that was, that was my job. I was there to sell their stuff. But they would just hang out there anyways. Supposedly, the wife was a psychic, too. So I would always get, like, really creeped out anytime, like, she'd walk in. Did you get creeped out, like, because you felt, like, her aura? Or was it that you just knew she was supposed to be a psychic? I was like, I don't I hope they can't, like, see the fucked up things I'm thinking right now. <laughs> it's like I'd start thinking about even more fucked up things because I would, like, 
hype it up so much and I'm like oh god my brain won't stop and it, it just it, it would only happen when they'd walk in because I was like questioning like if they were thinking about any sexual stuff I was thinking about I don't know I don't think that's how that it works. makes me feel like they might have been like a little bit antagonistic demonic like psychics because that sounds like they when they walked in you had horrible terrible thoughts that sounds like the devil walked in and made you feel these things and then also I remember one time the woman was staring at this big giant antique mirror and my favorite co-worker there Laura she walked by her and she's like why are you staring at that mirror and she's like it's a portal okay yeah and she's like you can tell if it feels if it feels warm it's how you know it's a portal so they're just standing there, like, holding their hands as close to the mirror. See, he was getting warm. Is that why it, you guys I, started was, writing that yes. movie? So, because all the vendors there are so, like, interesting and such crazy characters, like, no one I've ever seen before, it's my idea to write this screenplay about the characters, but, like, it also invi- involves, like, time travel. Yeah. So Andrew and my sister, she needed to write a screenplay for class, and I was like, you can use that idea. So her and Andrew ended up writing it together. And it was really cool. It ended up being really good. Yeah, I, I totally forgot that I wrote a good portion of it yeah. for her. Oops. Uh, UWF, don't look. listen to this one. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, she already graduated. Oh, uh, They're going to take away her diploma. Man, and I also remember this one lady, this one vendor. She was fucking scary. Her name is Janine. And she's got that, like, spiky blonde hair. Like, she looks like the ultimate Karen. Like... She's, she's, no, a Janine is a Janine. Yeah, she's ex-military also, and apparently she has brain damage, so she just, like, goes nuts. She would she would go off on customers if they didn't want to buy something of hers. She'd be like, well, why the fuck not? It's a good deal. <laughs> You're not going to find this anywhere else. And I remember the very first time I called her, I had no one warned me about Janine. In her booth, she had this Jaws sculpture, so it was of a shark. And it was just like, it was made of wood or plastic, maybe. I don't know. And it was just a piece of junk, really. And it had a fucking Slim Jim sticker on it that was half peeled off that, like, someone had put on it. She was trying to sell that for $100. All right. What? So my job consisted of, like, if someone wanted something, they could make an offer, and I would have to call the vendor so I didn't realize it was a big no-no to call Janine. Like, you're just not supposed to call her because she'll get super angry if someone, at, like, you know, is trying to make a deal. So I called her. I was like, hey, this guy, you know, you have this jaw statue for $100, and this guy was asking if you would take it for 50 And she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would she's like, this is a business. Why would you call me and ask this question? She's like, went off on me where I'm like almost crying on the phone and I hang up and my coworkers looking at me like, what's the matter? I was like, I just called this woman named Janine, like looked up her number in the system and she just yelled at me and they're like, oh, no, 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 don't ever call Janine ever. (laughs) And she actually came in the store and yelled at me in person over this shitty fucking jaw statue and I'm just doing my fucking job. But then she ended up really liking me a lot. And I actually ended up really liking her. And I still have her phone number. And I'll text her occasionally. And she made me a cheesecake on my last day of work. Wow. Yeah. Was it a good cheesecake? It was really good, yeah. It was a keto cheesecake. It was when I was doing the keto diet. Janine. Yeah. We ended up really liking each other. She's fucking crazy, but I mean, I found it hysterical. And like we got along really well. Huh. So it all worked out. 
I never saw that coming. Yeah, I, really, I didn't either. Yeah, I thought that would have ended with the cheesecake in the fucking face, not a, so, a cheesecake in in the mouth. That's the antique mall in a nutshell. Gosh, that's great. So, what did you end up doing after the funeral home? Oh, like I don't already know. <laughs> we know because Andrew's only had three jobs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I got this spiffy job as a janitor <laughs> at. The Hampton Inn and Suites. I keep and golf forgetting race. that's how you started off there. I lied and said that <laughs> like I had maintenance experience <laughs> because they were looking for a janitor slash maintenance like guy, and so I would always in, be told like, "Hey, uh, can you go caulk this tub?" or "Hey, can you go fix this sink?" And I just be like, "Yeah, yeah," and I would just bring all the tools with me, and there's YouTube how to do it. And it probably was all pretty crappily done still, but it it worked. It, it, it passed the test, I guess. But um, after just a few months, I applied to be the sales manager there, and they just gave me the job. I was like, these people are crazy. After three months of working there, I just applied for the sales manager position, and I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this, but I'm going to do it any try it anyway. And the interview went really well. And then that night, my general manager came to one of my comedy shows. And I'm talking about sex and drugs and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh. She's she's never hiring me now. Like, I might get fucking fired from the janitor position tomorrow. And I got hired <laughs> with the sales manager position. And I loved it. It was an easy job, honestly. Like, people would call you and be like, I'm looking to get a discount for 10 on 10 rooms. And you'd be like, well, I can do that. And people thought that job was hard before. I was like, this is the easiest thing. People ask you for something and you give it to them and they're happy. Super easy. But the thing about the hotel was really just the people that you encountered more than anything. Because people from all over, all sorts of mindsets mm -hmm. came through my least favorite of all of them. She was just a bitch every single time. But I'll never forget her, not because she was a bitch, but really because of her name. Her name is Candy Craps. I just can't get that out of my she name. She got bullied so much in high school. <laughs> she deserves it because she's such a bitch. Oh, Candy Craps. It's like, I'm, I'm, oh. She has so much candy, now she's got the craps. Craps. <laughs> or she's like one of those, uh, the pigs that they, <laughs> have you seen those what? pigs that poop out jelly beans? No, but I've seen the ones that use there are keychains. You squeeze them, like the fake boot comes out. Okay, well, there's those, but okay, well, there's those. <laughs> I mean, more like there, there. Okay, well, you probably have seen like the chickens, maybe that poop out jelly beans. I have no, I haven't like seen like a these. wind up chicken. I mean, I believe it's a thing. Jelly. I don't think you're lying. Well, <laughs> if I'm wrong, this could have came in a dream, whatever. But I was thinking like candy craps, like the crap candy. But she did not because she was a bitter bitch. She was not sweet at all. But she's definitely not one of the weird guests. She was just one of the mean guests. One lady named Doris was very interesting. She came in. Both of her feet were just wrapped in so much gauze. Like, no medical professional did this. It was like... 
like she took five gauze rolls and just did her whole fee with it. And she comes in, she gets her room, and she comes back out, and she says, I need to speak with someone, but they can't be a man. And I was like, oh, this lady. Okay. Well, Mackenzie's at the front desk, (laughs) and I'm still in the lobby, and all of a sudden, like, Lee still won't tell her what's wrong. She's just, like, talking nice to Mackenzie. And she walks outside, and I'm like, what she wanted? She's like, she didn't ask me anything. And then she comes back inside and just like, Andrew, there's a couple outside, and they can't find their car. You have to go out there now. It's a white car. I was like, okay. So I went out there, and I just see this couple walking into a white car. And I come back inside, and, like, Doris scuffles away after whispering. And I'm like, what did she want? She said, she asked if... Men were always on the first floor. And if there was a floor that only had women, like, what in the world? And she's like, but that's not all. She also said that she unplugged all of her phones because the government listens to all of her phone calls whenever she's at a hotel. Okay, Doris from Pace, Florida. Doris is on the move. Y'all gotta follow her. Every hotel she stops at. I don't understand. What's what's don't miss a single word that Doris says. Bug the Pomeranian too. (laughs) She had this little dog, but Doris was just ended up kept extending her reservation over and over again. She ended up staying there for like four weeks. And I kept telling everybody, we need to get rid of her. She kept doing some strange stuff. One day, one of the housekeepers flagged me down. I was like, hey, you need to come to the hallway. And I was like, okay. So I came down. And, of course, it's Doris at her room tying her door shut with rope from the inside out. I was like, ma'am, what are you what are you doing? She's like, no one can come in my room ever. <laughs> like, what, ma'am? She's like, no one is ever allowed in my room. Like, okay, ma'am, well, by by law, we have to come in every three days and change the sheets. And you're like, fine, but no one can do it when I'm not here. It's like, okay, ma'am, well, just put up your do not disturb sign and no one will come into your room and we'll make sure you're here when we switch those out. She's like, no. I was like, ma'am, could you also, un- you can't lock your door this way. She's like, what? And I was like, ma'am, I, I assure you that your door is secure and it's told- it's going to be fine. But what you're doing may actually hurt your door and make you less safe. And then she goes, well, John from HR said that I could do this. And like, ma'am, there's no John from HR and there's no way anyone would tell you, yes, ma'am, go ahead and take a rope. And tie your door shut. She then keeps yelling as she's leaving. She's like, I have to go to a doctor's appointment. No one go in my room. This is at 8 in the morning in the middle of breakfast. She comes back the next day with 10 pizzas. And just like, hey, everybody. So nice. Gives everyone on staff their own pizza. And just starts talking like nothing ever happened. I'm like, what the fuck is with this lady? Then... One day, she asks for the housekeeping manager to come to her room. 
So we had to wait for Fatima to show up. Fatima is from Kosovo. She's amazing. I love her. She eats glass. Well, she doesn't eat glass. What? As a, <laughs> as a kid, she would eat glass. And she thought this was totally normal for I used to reason. eat sand, which turns into glass. Oh, you might as well be best friends. Because <laughs> she was just like, oh, my parents would always get mad at me because I would bite glasses. And I was like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you just... Like, chew on ice. She's like, it's not the same. <laughs> like, okay, Fatima. I love her. She's so much fun. She always just says, you know what? I don't like people. Like, that is a good way of life, you know, Fatima. <laughs> but she brought Fatima into her room and just said, look at this. And held up her dog and spread her dog's hind legs to show her dog's vagina, which was <laughs> bleeding because it was in heat. She says, the maintenance men came in my room in the middle of the night and raped my dog. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> we knew this was not true, but we knew we should definitely call in the maintenance man to the back office to confront him about the possibility of raping a dog. So, um, And we know him. He's such a nice guy, too. It's <laughs> so funny. We probably like... We had a complaint. Um, were you near room 101 at any point? <laughs> and he was like, I stay away from room 101 at all costs. And I'm like, then how did you rape her dog? <laughs> He's like, what? Uh, it was just a, I couldn't, we had to have that moment. You know? <laughs> oh, gosh. So that's just one of many. There was an emu farmer that I recently met. Or he used to be an emu farmer. And it's like, oh, because he, he kept telling me, oh, yeah, I used to harvest their fat and their skin. I make this, he showed me his wallet that was made from emu skin and boots made of emu skin and all this stuff. And it looked really cool. And he also said that emu fat, diabetics should rub all over their skin because you'll never feel smoother than an emu fat rubbed body. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever gotten emu fat? I got emu oil before whenever I had nose piercings because they said I was about to go to Arizona after I first got a piercing. And the guy that pierced my nose said to get some emu oil because it's apparently very, very hydrating. But then I felt bad about all the emus getting killed, so I stopped buying it. Well, apparently it's it's just common practice. It's raised. They're not endangered. There's farms with emus, and this man owned one of those. And I asked him, well, did you ever, because I know people would make jerky and stuff out of ostrich and emu. I was like, well, did you ever eat the meat? Of course you know that. Yeah. <laughs> well. All your exotic meats that you, I, left, you left in my hot car. <laughs> they were delicious. Even afterwards. Just like that hot tuna you left in there and just uh, kept eating well, it. Well, hey, yeah, it's, it's still good. But <laughs> he looks at me dead stare and it's like his eyes glazed over. And he just looks at me and goes, did I eat the meat? <laughs> like what? And he was like, "I love that meat so much. There's no better meat than a rare emu steak." And that's why I had to stop. <laughs> I was like, "What?" He basically had to stop raising emus because he kept eating them because they were so good. I feel like a lot of the people that came to stay at your hotel are also the same people that stopped by the antique mall. Maybe. <laughs> 
He freaked about me right. out. It sounded like a man who had like eaten human flesh once and was like, I've got the hunger and I can't stop it. <laughs> I, he was very traumatized. Like as soon as I said emu meat, it was something switched in his brain. But worst of all, one thing I just hated about that job is that my cell phone number was on my business card. I was so... I just hated that. I didn't want people... I actually didn't know that the company put our cell phone numbers on there. So one day at a meeting, I, like, got really mad at the entire staff and told them no one should ever give out my personal phone number and all this stuff. And then, like, right after, my boss like, um, so no one gave out your number? All of our personal numbers are on our business cards. That's why we get... Paid twenty five extra dollars a month for phone usage. I'm like, that's uh, not enough. Okay, well, I have given out so many of these damn business cards. It was horrible. And one of those people who has those business cards now is a man who goes by the name King James. I think I'm going to call Andrew. Oh my god, he scared me so much. He came and he had an Illuminati eye and pyramid on his forehead. Tattooed. Damn. Yeah. And he started talking to me and just like, man, the birds in Las Vegas, they're talking. All the birds, all the pigeons, they're talking. They're talking, and you know what they say. I'm like, no. <laughs> He's seen some shit. He's seen yeah. some shit that's not even there. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not even sure. He goes, the angels are coming down and replacing all the birds. <laughs> Like, what? And like, you can tell if a bird can turn their neck almost all the way around, that's an angel. So I think he's never heard of an owl because <laughs> he just thinks those are angels. Yeah. But apparently God's sending down the angels and replacing the birds. Apparently owls are connected to aliens. You've heard that before, haven't you? Mm, no. Oh. But that would make sense. But he goes on. To tell me about how the government is cloning people and that people, there is a clone of me in Miami and there's a clone of him down in Miami too and there's clones all over of us already and that they're sending out these giant bugs to eat us and these bugs leave nothing behind. So basically, we're getting cloned, and we've been put in quarantine to keep us inside so that the bugs can come swarm us and eat us whole and replace us with a clone of ourselves that's already been made. But God's sending angels to replace birds to eat those bugs in a battle of heaven and hell. He also did tell me that he may be Satan. He wasn't sure about it. But I don't know. He said he might be Satan. And that was like, oh, okay. It's like, well, only because, you know, I, Joe Bonamassa sold me his soul so that he could become a rock star. Hmm. <laughs> like, interesting. I, where is he now? Uh, well, I'm assuming he went to Miami because he was telling me he was going to get those clones and kill us, kill them. Um, and 
man, oh man, I am terrified because right when he's leaving, he grabs my business card and he's like, I'm going to keep in touch with you. (laughs) You're one of the good ones, I can tell. The craziest thing about this is that about three days later, all of a sudden, there was news about those giant hornets that are eating the bees. And I was like, wait a fucking minute. He told me about these giant animals that are eating humans. So... There might be a clone out there of me in Miami that we might need to go assassinate before I get eaten by hornets. Eh, don't stress yourself out too much about it. That hotel could be the reason why I die. Because that man, who might be the devil, has my business card and personal cell phone number. But they might also be the reason why I live, because otherwise I never would have met him and known about the clone in Miami that I need to go murder before it murders me with hornets. So, yeah, basically, being quarantined in the hotel makes you go pretty crazy, huh? Oh, that's why I left that job, because they made me go into a psychosis. Fuck Banyan Tree Management Company. <laughs> anyway, how about, yeah, that's all I've got as jobs. What do you have left over? What have you seen Okay, so I left the antique mall because we were getting paid like $7 an hour, mm. which is fucking bullshit for all the work we had to do. So, yeah, I ended up leaving there. And that's when I was just trying to like, oh, yeah, I ended up being one of those crazy vendors, and I still am. I have my own booth there. She does. Um, How Bizarre Creations. Please buy my shit. Mm-hmm. And this uh, Follower on Instagram as well. So, yeah, then I just started, you know, working on, like, redoing furniture and, like, selling antiques. And then I was trying to do that full-time while just doing comedy full-time. You're really and good at it, too. You made, She's made some really awesome products. So, I really would go buy her stuff. But then the uh, main place in town here where we've had comedy the longest, it's where most of the comedy shows happen, Back Porch Barn Grill. Um, I won't say any names, but two of the people that worked there got arrested within the same week for two different things <laughs> not related to each other at all and the owner was like hey like you're here all the time like do you want to pick up some shifts i was like all right yeah sure so then i ended up just staying there for like a year and a half up until covid but yeah the back porch as much as i love it like and i know you can agree with this too because you're there a lot as well i love that place we've had so many great times there and great shows, like great comedy shows, but man, does that place fucking suck. It's terrible. And it's fucking disgusting. So much mold and like, it's, so, it's just so dusty and just like, there's no like, there's no order whatsoever. It's just fucking awful. So as you might have heard in like our last podcast where you're talking about our tour, yes, the back porch is notorious for being a swingers bar, or used to be at least. And like, that's just, I don't know, it's fucking gross. Like, working in a place like that. And not just that, but occasionally they also have goth night, which is cool and all, but, like, they spray fake blood everywhere. And, like, oh, no, 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 we're going to lay plastic down. It'll be fine. Like, it'll be easy to clean up. No, it's not. I had to spend four hours one night mopping up fake blood. I don't think I've ever cried so hard at a job before. It was absolutely fucking miserable. It was everywhere. It was sticky. It was just, like, it felt like it was never going to end. But yeah, the place just, oh, it's just, it fucking sucks so much. And, like, the people that come in there, it's right when you get off the interstate. There's a lot of homeless people that come in there. 
And then a lot of the people that were homeless, you know, I tried to, you know, give them like a soda or something. And when the kitchen was open, you know, maybe I'd, you know, I'd buy them some food. You know, they're really nice. But then it got to the point where just some really rude homeless people were coming in and they just expected something every time. Mm-hmm. Like one homeless guy that I've like hooked up before, he brought another homeless person in. You hooked up with? No, I hooked, oh God. Oh, said, you hooked up? No. <laughs> I said I hooked him up. Like with a drink and food. Okay, I'm sorry. He brought no. He brought another homeless person in and say, Oh yeah, like Olivia, she'll take care of you. Isn't that right, Olivia? I was like, Don't say I'm like, don't bring everyone here and say that. Like, don't do that. <laughs> but it actually became like a huge problem, like not just because I was doing that, but just because we're right there off the interstate. I remember there was one guy that came in and at the time I didn't know he's homeless. Like we were just shooting shit. We were just talking about how, you know, like the golden rule, like, you know, treat others others as you want to be treated. And like at the time I didn't realize this guy was completely shit faced. And like as a bartender, I should know, but I just did not realize in that moment with him. And it's at the end of the night, we're getting ready to close, and it's just me and our friends Ethan and Renee, you know. Mm-hmm. We're closing up. The last one's there, and this guy was here. And I hear this noise that sounds like water's dripping. And I'm, like, looking up at the ceiling. I'm like, where's that coming from? Like, there's a leak. Like, where is it? Where's the leak? And then I look down, and I see this guy is just fucking pissing all over the floor. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> the guy I was just, like, having a great conversation with. And I'm like, I, we had to yeah, kick him out, and I, and then I had to mop it up. And it was like, damn it. We were literally just about to lock the doors, and I could have gone home. And now I got to clean this fucking piss up. Oh. And then there's another guy, too. Like, I would get so many, like, assholes that would come in. Like, people that would say, like, oh, you should wear, like, you know, more makeup when you're bartending. It's like, bitch, like... We're in a fucking dirty-ass basement, and, like, I'm the only one here, and I'm having to move around, and I'm sweating. Like, no, I don't need to wear makeup. Also, fuck you for even saying that. And then, and I remember this one guy that was, like, he's flirting with these two young girls, and he's buying them drinks, and I overhear him say, oh, yeah, you know, I work with Quentin Tarantino, and then he doesn't tip me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm really sure you work with Tarantino. You make so much money. Tarantino's such an ass, he probably doesn't tip. So, as I mentioned, that's where we have a bunch of comedy shows. And our friend from comedy, Anna Lepley, she always has a drag comedy show that she does at the back porch. So fun. And somehow, I don't know how this keeps happening, it keeps getting double booked with a biker rally. It's happened two years in a row (laughs) where it's, yeah, accidentally been double booked. And I just, like, you guys, I wish everyone could have been there just to see all these bikers watching the comedians dressed in drag. I was terrified <laughs> walking up. Yes, me and Andrew got there at the same time. I was like, should we leave? <laughs> Andrew, Andrew's like, I feel like I'm going to get stabbed tonight. Oh. But I coincidentally dressed up as a biker. Because yeah. I was dressed in drag. So I blended in. And I'm like, it's all right, Andrew. Like, I'm here at your side. Like, I look like one of them. It turned out. That they were the yeah. best fucking audience. Yeah, I mean, there was a few people that like didn't like it, and there's someone that actually like punched someone. And he dropped his a gun out of his. Oh, pants. I, I missed was, that part. Yeah, yeah, I, I missed the gun part too. But yeah, someone dropped a gun, and like the owner went and like grabbed it and hit it. Shit. But um, yeah, some crazy shit happened that night. <laughs> that we did not know about while we were performing. So yeah, I'm dressed up as a biker, and of course, because it's so busy, I end up having to go and bartend while I'm dressed up as a fucking dude. And security kept getting mad at me because he thought I was one of the bikers hanging out behind the bar. I'm like, <laughs> Dwight, it's me. He's like, oh, girl. He's like, I did not recognize you. 
So you said the movie theater was haunted. I mentioned how the elbow room was supposedly haunted. So apparently, also the back porch is haunted by two what? different ghosts. Lots of ghosts, lots of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so one of the ghosts is a bartender that used to work there, and it was like years and years ago. She fell down the stairs that go down to the basement, and she broke <gasps> her neck. And she still roams around the bar to this day, supposedly. Wow. And it, people keep saying that's the reason why the jukebox goes off randomly, but I think it's just a glitch. But um, yeah, And then I recently found out how a woman on Swingers Night, she had a heart attack in, one, in the bathroom stall in the women's room. That's where she died. I'm like... And then someone, the person that told me that was like, but you know what? She was with her best friend when it happened. Her best friend was sitting there with him, so it was all okay. I was like, no. I'm like, I cleaned those bathrooms. Like, that sounds like the worst fucking way to die. Like, the worst way possible. Some people say the best way to die, oh, right? That swingers now. <laughs> so, yeah, COVID happened. You know, bars closed. Ours never reopened. Hopefully it does soon, so we do comedy shows again. Thank God. That was our well. main comedy bar. I need it to happen. So then I applied for this liquor store, and I'm not going to say the name of it right now because I currently work there, and I don't want to get fired for saying anything. But they called me literally hours after I applied, and they're like, yeah, your application just really stood out. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. It's like, yeah, you just, you know, you seem like an alcoholic, and I think this is really going to work out. (laughs) You know all of our products. And so I... I'm one of the older people that works there. You know, I'm only 30. So all the girls that work there are like 21, 23, around there. And I'm like, oh, a 15% discount. We get a 15% discount on everything, like whenever we want. And they're like, yeah, it can be a little dangerous working here. And I'm like, you have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all just wait until you have to drink. Uh, we've also been having a big problem with people walking in and not want to wear masks. It's a citywide ordinance. Yes. To wear a freaking mask. It's for everybody's well-being. Yes. So we had a guy come in from Alabama, and he's not wearing a mask. And we're like, sir, could you please put, please put a mask on? We have a sign on the door that says so. And he's like, oh, y'all need to get a bigger sign. And then he pulls, he's like, oh, yeah, I got something on me. And then he pulls out... A rebel flag from out of his pocket and ties it around his face. And then he walks out and says, it's all your fault, Florida. Classy. I don't know. At least he was wearing it. At least he put a mask on. But no. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Oh, gosh. So, yeah, that was my first day. It's going well so far, as you can tell. Hey, you got a job in this environment and climate. I still don't have a job. I think I'm going to have a job. Remote. Super excited. We'll find out very, very soon. But uh, let's hope. But this has been very fun. Yeah. I, I, learned, I didn't know a lot of the things that have happened. I had forgotten about all this stuff until we had to think about it. This, so. was, this was a good time. So if, if you guys would please like us on Instagram. At We're Not For Everybody Podcast. And don't forget to follow us on Spotify. Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. And Podbean. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening to Episode 5. Drop a five-star review Mm -hmm. for Episode Mm -hmm. 5, right? (laughs) I've been Olivia Cersei. And Andrew Ferrara. And We're We're Not not For Everybody. everybody. Bye. You say We're Not Five Everybody? (laughs) 